Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to yet another season. Uh, we are, the, the world has changed, shall we say, dramatically <laughs> in the time frame since the last time we put out an episode. And now and we, we do try to not like date these posts, you know, or these podcasts, just because we want to make sure that, um, you know, that you can listen to them anytime and not know what's going on. But Unfortunately, there's a few things in our world right now that are um, kind of time-stamped for a lot of us. So we are, of course, referring to COVID-19 and the fact that many of us, most of us, are at home right now. And especially a lot of people in their fertility journeys are on hold uh, through all of this. So that is sad news. Um, oh, and I forgot to say who I was. So wait. <sighs> who are you? That? I have no idea who I am. I'm Jennifer White. And who are you? I'm Ellen Trackman. Oh, thank God. Okay, good. I'm glad <laughs> I'm here with the right person. But, but okay, so, as so we I went with enter, the negative news. Yes, right, as we enter saying. our season of kind of uh, bad news, of there is some amazing good news that we just found out among all the bad news that I'm tell, pretty tell sure. Us, tell us, tell us, tell us. Well, I'm pretty sure the podcast caused it, right? Like we had a really amazing episode with with Dr. Christina Yanetzos, who yes. talked about her advocacy specifically to change the law in Colorado to have better fertility access. And we just found out that uh, Colorado's governor signed the bill and it is law. Ta-da! So cue, the, cue all the effects, sound, cheering. Yay. Oh, so excited. So yeah, so among all the, the hardship and the sickness and death, which is, you know, can't be horrible. Yeah. Um, underplayed, you know, how, how horrific it is that what's going on. It is good to have some, some shining light, some really good news among, among all of that. But as we, we delve into some of those issues, we are going to first look to Italy, which in a way was kind of where they talked about for a while that Italy is where we are headed or that we're two weeks behind Italy for a while. Um, so we got a chance to catch up with one of our favorite Italian attorneys who focuses on assisted reproductive technology and see what's going on there. Okay, welcome back to the podcast, Ida Parisi from Italy. And um, Ida, first, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And we, we definitely encourage everyone to go back and listen to our first interview where we talked about international assisted reproductive technology issues and Italy specifically with Ida, which was very um, informative and interesting. This is a new podcast, uh, and we don't normally talk about the date we record because it's it, tends to be evergreen information, but because of the situation going on right now, I think it is important to say what today's date is because things change so quickly. So the day of this interview that we're talking right now is Monday, March 23rd. Um, in what I hope is the very end of a pandemic. No, not the very beginning. Right. Anyway, so yeah. Um, we're all recording from our homes. We're all on some form of lockdown or quarantine or self or social distancing. So, Ida, let's start talking about what your situation looks like day to day, given the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. So thank you again for having me. Uh, it's a tough time. It's a difficult time. Actually, in Italy, we are all being told to stay home and not to leave unless it's an absolute necessity. 
So this means that we can go out to the grocery store, of course, to the pharmacy or, or to go to work. A few days ago, all industrial and non-essential production have been shut down for 15 days to contain the, the spread of the virus. And uh, so this means that supermarkets, pharmacies, banks and post offices and other essential activities will stay open. Mm-hmm. And to reply to your question about uh, how my day looks like in, in these days, yeah. I can tell you that I, yeah, I, I wake up, I have my breakfast and I start working and I'm very lucky because I can work remotely. So th- this yeah. is very, very important because this is a strong distraction. To tell you something funny, uh, when I do, yeah, when I do not work, um, of course, I, I call my friends, do online courses, but I have discovered home workout, which means I've started look up at the YouTube and other social media videos ah. about fitness. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still, and I start doing video calls with my friends to do workout together. So oh, that's this cute. Is oh, funny. Good. I think that social media are an incredible resource in this moment because they help so much to read that to reduce the instances so it's it's good yeah and before this did you you left your house you didn't work from home before this you would go into an office yeah 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 and um I just asked like the details are you like getting dressed in work outfits do you just wear sweatpants on the bottom are you doing video calls (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, when you work, <laughs> when you work, it's not something nice to to tell you. But <laughs> you, when you usually like work remotely, um, it's not that uh, difficult to to wear your uh, pajamas and then just a, a shirt <laughs> on top of that. Just no, just kidding. That's my normal uh, day. Yeah, what are you talking anyway. about? I've always worked from home. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Great. No, really, really re- being able to work remotely. It's such an, a, it's so important. I usually go to the office, but I really often work remotely as well. So I would say that my daily routine is not changed as much, but it's still difficult not to be able to get distractions like going out with friends and things like that, of course. And what's it like when you go out to go to the grocery store or the pharmacy? What are the streets like or the other people around you? Well, you can tell that, first of all, all of us are wearing masks, okay? Masks and and gloves. Uh, And then everyone is worried, of course, because it's something new for all of us, including doctors and medical staff. So you can feel a sense of... uh, uh, sadness all around, also due to the silence down the street, which is something, which is something, and sometimes makes this situation so unrealistic. So, just to tell you a story, I was talking with a with a friend of mine who was telling me the other day he was waking up ready to go to work, and he just realized right away that oh no, I need to stay home. So, again, this is something we are still getting used to, I would say. So. People need to stay home, and I understand this is even more difficult for all of those people living in a small flat without an open space, or for families with kids, or for those people who already live difficult family relationships in their daily routine. Right. Anyway, yeah, this is important uh, to to do this also to respect the incredible work that doctors, nurses, and staff at the hospital is doing to take care of all the, the sick patients so of course they yeah yeah this, this is uh like something uh, 
which is, of course, less nothing compared with what they are doing right. out of there. I agree. Um, just my, I was looking at one of my friend's social media posts and she works in the medical field and has two young kids. And it was heartbreaking to see that within their own home, they set up a, a quarantine area that she just mm-hmm. you know has to plan that she will likely be exposed and will not be able to hug or hold or touch her two young children in the future. Yeah. So it's really heartbreaking to see, to see that happening. Um, so they say, I mean, some of the news is saying that we're a couple weeks behind you in the United States. Um, how can you tell us what it looked, that transition looked like? Was everything gradual or sudden? Um, and then I guess what our future, <laughs> I guess right now is, for you is what our future looks yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say that it has been gradual because I currently live in Milan, which is the most affected area because it's it's in the Lombardy region. And we had the very first case here around February 21st. So I've been starting doing social distancing as my working since then. At the beginning, only a few towns, which is almost like more than one month now. So at the beginning, only a few towns in the region have been locked down and then the entire region. And then after a few days, the entire, the entire country has been considered as a, a red area. And uh, t- to be honest, as far as the, the, the future, I cannot tell and anybody I think can tell what the evolution of the situation will be because yeah as you said news is changing yeah. so fast yeah. that anything has been written today will be like out of day tomorrow so uh it's difficult to, to tell what is going to happen right and what but I guess that social that social distancing and uh quarantine like will help a lot to um to contain the spread of the virus, as they say. Yeah, that's what we're all hoping. How are the people in your circle, your social media, your friends, your family taking everything? What's the mood? Are people saying positive or is it is it getting to everyone? Well, I think that most of people uh, are going through ups and downs, you know, because um, of course, if you are, I feel that um, on, a, on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I feel that too because uh, sometimes um, when uh, when you think with your brain, of course, uh, you you try to do as much rational as possible um, and as much logical as possible. But if you think like emotionally to what we are experiencing, uh, as I said, it's so unrealistic. So it's like a uh, a situation which is also emotionally difficult to uh, to manage. So I will say that all of us are going through ups and downs and it's totally uh, normal. Yeah. Have you personally known friends or family that are um, affected or sick? No, 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 I don't know. No, I don't know any of them. Personally, knock, at least. knock on wood. I hope that's. I hope it stays the same as people hope as infections go down. Um, I will share that uh, it hit me pretty hard that my um, my editor, the founder of this website I write for on a weekly basis, he became very sick with with uh, COVID nineteen and has been sharing his situation, and it looked like he was getting better. And then, as of two days ago. 
um, I guess his mother shared that he had been intubated and is now on a ventilator. So we're still all really hoping that that's a temporary measure to get him through the worst, but it's definitely very scary. Yeah, yeah. I know that. So you mentioned the 14 days. I know everything changes and we can't predict the future. Is that what people are expecting now that that 14 days, 14 or 50, I forget what you said. Um, will that end and people are expecting more freedom soon? Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I don't know that, but I don't think so because, uh, we, um, we are experiencing like more and more uh, higher number in terms of contagious and infections day by day. So um, I think that they will will still continuing and asking us to to stay home. And I think, and of course, I don't know since when. And I think that eventually, even if these contagious or these infections to, should stop or should um, should reduce until they will find a, a, a box or uh, any medications to to take care of sick patients. This this will still be a problem because um, these infections is so uh, like it is spreading so fast. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that we will be able to go back to our like previous life so so fast or so uh, w- without any kind of, uh, of changes. Yeah, that makes sense. But of course, yeah, of course, I, will, I hope that this will happen. This will happen soon. Yeah. Okay. So as of course, we're both attorneys that specialize in assisted reproductive technology law. So let's actually talk about what's happening in our world of law and with IVF. So I know recommendations are coming down from um, the medical societies in Europe and we're having it in America too, as well as Italy. Can you tell us a bit about what those recommendations have been and are currently at when it comes to IVF in in both Europe as well as Italy specifically. Yeah, as I said, the, um, as you said, the European Society of Human Reproduction and Embryology, um, and then I know the ASRM as well, recommended mm-hmm. that as a precautionary measure, all fertility patients uh, considering or planning IVF treatments, uh, even if they do not meet the diagnostic criteria for COVID-19 infection, they should avoid becoming pregnant at this time uh, because we still have so few information or data about the impact of this infection on on pregnancy and reproduction. So uh, this is the same approach uh, which has been taken by the Italian scientific societies, which basically have clarified that since we still have so few information about the effects that this infection could have on pregnancy and children, mm-hmm. uh, it is better to delay or to postpone all the IVF treatments, except, of course, uh, for those patients who are already having treatment to, to guard their health and safety of patients and doctors. And also not to um, overwhelm hospitals or, or clinics or with other cases which could eventually um, uh, to take off some some um, places or um, seats for COVID-19 mm-hmm. sick patients. And so in America, the American Society of Medicine has guidelines they've issued. So they're not 
required for clinics to follow it. Nothing forces them to do so. Mm-hmm. Do you have the same and are all clinics following it or are there some kind of rogue clinics out there that are doing their own thing? No, I guess that all of our clinics are following them. Also because, you know, um, for the same reason we were talking um, before in terms of social distancing, I guess that in All of medical fields, all the doctors are also trying to postpone um, all non-emergency visits, all um, non-unnecessary visits. So even in uh, the the IVF field, I think that, and as far as I know, they are postpones and delaying all the the treatments to, uh, to take care of the patient safety. And this is, yeah. uh, I, I think this is so um, frustrating for for patients as well, of course. Yeah, that's that was going to be my next question. How are, how are patients, how are your clients taking it? Are they um, just very understanding given the situation or are they looking at other options if there are any? Well, I don't think they are looking at other options because as, as we said at the beginning, this is something, uh, this is beginning something like spreading worldwide. So even if they right. should decide to, to go abroad or to start an IVF treatment in, in Europe or other countries, they have the same situation so far. So they are, um, it, it depends on clients, of course, and of patients mm-hmm. and depending on their, uh, their story and their experience. Most of them, I would say that are nervous and frustrated, not only about the situation itself, but also because, uh, beginning an IVF journey itself means for most of them, and you know that very well, going through loads of ups and downs and preparation. And so mm-hmm. now they see, this situation as another bump in the road, which means delays and postponements to their journey. So this is tough for them. But at the same time, right. I would say that since they are really strong and they plan so much their journey to realize their dream to create a family, they will. I'm sure that they will also be able to um, to manage this situation and when it will come the time to begin again their IVF treatments they will be stronger than ever Mm, I like that I love that positive attitude that will make people stronger yeah yeah do you know much about exceptions so that I know it's all non-emergency so here they definitely have exceptions so for example if someone um, has cancer that they'll still go through an egg retrieval is my understanding is one of the exceptions. Do you know what those exceptions might look like in Europe or what people are doing? Yeah, I would say that they are um, keeping on uh, treating IVF patients if they have already started a journey and they are um, like two to to close eventually to the to the pickup or to um, mm-hmm. to 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 a very important uh, treatment uh, that eventually stopping or interrupting that could cause um, to too many problems uh, instead of just interrupting that. So um, I would say that they are continuing to to treating couples who have already started and are in the in the middle of their treatment, like more ahead than than behind. Right. That's for everyone's safety. Yeah. And do you, um, hopefully this hasn't happened, if they were infected, do you think they the clinic would still go ahead even then? 
I would say that with all, depending on the stage of the process where they are, they could decide mm-hmm. to eventually going ahead, adopting all the precautionary measures. So, yeah, uh, yeah but, but again, I still don't know um, from a medical perspective um, what is or what the risk of transmission from the human to the child could be. So, um, yeah. I yeah, I, I really um, don't know what, and I think they don't know either what kind of uh, of medical measures could be appropriate to to take. Mm-hmm. But of course, I would say that um, it's so important to. Uh, to that, that, that everyone agrees to follow doctors' recommendations to minimize risks um, instead of just complaining, of course, <laughs> because it's for yeah, because it's yeah. for everyone's safety. Yeah, right, right, absolutely. Do you have any predictions of how art in Italy um, might look different in the future because of this? Do you have? Do you think things might change? And again, I'm asking you to predict the future, so who knows how things? Yeah. Will look. <laughs> Yeah, I would have the power to do so, but I don't have, unfortunately. We would appreciate that. Tell us the future. Yeah. You are two weeks ahead of the future, so we look to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, no, unfortunately, I don't know or I cannot tell what what the evolution of this situation would be, um, even with regard to to the IVF journey, IVF process. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that, uh, as I said, all the precautions that have been taken so far for those patients already having a treatment will still be taken also in the future because I guess that until we will have a, a box or um, a, a particular medications to, to fight this virus, um, even if uh, and even when things will be better, we might still face this kind of problems. So mm-hmm. um, I would say, yeah, so I would say that um, doctors and medical staff will keep on um, taking the same precautions, maybe, um, of course, starting doing IVF treatments again, but uh, assuming uh, like uh, stricter precautions than, uh, than in the past yeah. because of the, the spread of, the, of this virus. Right. That makes sense. So is now a good time for clients to get a hold of you to plan for the future that you might have a little bit more time to just give consults and give it, it legal advice? Yeah, I would say that um, some of them maybe are inquiring and are starting exploring their like IVF op- treatment options because they are home and they have more time to look at it, mm-hmm. to, to, to look up at it. Uh, some of them instead um, maybe could just put on hold everything until things will, will get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, it depends. It depends on the situations. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to share with us about how things look in Italy or your, your advice for those going through this before we wrap up? Well, I would say that, uh, again, I think that social distancing and being on quarantine might be a, a good option because uh, you contain the, the spread of the virus. So uh, follow your authorities' uh, directions and, uh, um, and, and try to, even if you are 
are like forced to stay home, I would say that it's so important to um, to, to be pragmatic anyway, like to, to make plans, even if you're staying home. So uh, like doing a, a checklist or um, yeah. with, with things that you are going to, to sign, like I'm, I've been doing this, I've been doing that, just because you can... Um, like be more productive or uh, more proactive to the situation, okay? Instead of just yeah. like uh, uh, being lazy and, uh, <laughs> uh, and depressed or, or sad. Yeah, it helps a lot. Yeah. And I'm saying, I'm telling you that because I, um, I such, I'm that kind of person who is still and always like doing plans okay mm -hmm. and it's so frustrating for me like all kind of plans so working plans travel plans and it's so frustrating for me not being able to do that anymore because I don't know what will happen tomorrow so yeah I will still yeah so I will still try to uh to do my my lists and to um delete or cancel activities that I've been carrying out <laughs> That sounds great. It helps uh, a lot. I yeah. do have to ask you one more more question because I recall there was this video that was going around that was very that was um, very popular to watch. That in Italy, people would go out on their balconies and were singing together. Yeah. Have you have you mm -hmm. done that? Have you been singing on your balcony? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually have clapped my hands. I guess it happened maybe one week ago. Uh -huh. uh, it was Sunday. Yeah, it was the first week of quarantine. It was Sunday. And we all started to clap our hands to, to, to be thankful and to say thank you to all the medical staff and doctors um, and nurses, yeah, which are working. So, um, yeah, it's very, it's very nice and it's a, a way to, uh, to make all the people stay together and, uh, and, and, and tell and, and see uh, that maybe so staying together, we can do it. Mm -hmm. So it's nice, yeah. It's nice to see that solidarity in the community. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are wishing you the best and hoping that things improve as quickly as possible in Italy and that hopefully we'll be talking again in better times. And of course, we wish the same for here. But thank you so much for, for taking the time with us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, let's hope that everything will be uh, like a, a, a bad dream soon and that everything will that we be... we wake up, that we wake up soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you to Ida for sharing with us all that's going on there. I know it's such a hard time and we appreciate her her taking time out to, to share with us and tell us what's happening. Um, and we're really, really hoping that this is just a temporary existence and kind of a historical recording of how things looked for a time being and for the time and that it improves soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really appreciate her perspective and getting to hear how how things are everywhere else, you know, because we all live in our own little microcosms. And of course, we're all reaching out and connecting in different and new ways now. But, you know, it, it's different. Every, everywhere, every country has different cultures. And, you know, it's just fascinating to hear her perspective on that. So as always, we like to hear from everyone. So if people want to reach out to us, please, please, please feel free to uh, give us a call on our hotline at 303 997-1903. Of 
course, you can always shoot us an email through our website. Uh, we also are happy, happy, happy to take donations of your iTunes reviews. <laughs> um, and as always, a huge thank you to our team that is behind us and we know is working steadily from their home offices as well. Um, and especially to Chris at Work at Bird Studios, who makes us sound incredible. So we appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.